The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As you begin your spiritual journey, you are often told what to do and receive advice on which path to follow. But as you move along, eventually you need to become your own guide. Progress can be difficult at times, but once you reach new levels of awareness, the inner vistas are spectacular. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your guide and companion is Giles Asselin. Come join us now on this path of exploration. Here is your host, Giles Asselin. Yes, good afternoon, everyone. This is Gilles. Uh, bonjour, bonsoir to those people listening in Paris or in the rest of France. Uh, un petit bonsoir aux personnes qui écoutent en France. I'm happy to be here again. Uh, today's show is, um, I try to find a, some sort of a catchy, catchy word to encapsulate the notion of love. And so I entitled the show, uh, are we doomed to love? Some nouveau à l'amour. Uh, it's pretty ambitious. Uh, it's it's a vast topic, and I understand it with my my own level of consciousness, which is what it is. So it's um, it's what I understand, what I want to share. Um, the little bit of research that I did. Usually, I don't do too much uh, research. I mean, uh, scientific research, especially in a topic like love. But um, I look into what. Uh, resources I have in my computer usually old posts, old quotes um, that I like and, and cherish, and also I pay very close attention to what comes into my lap um, in between shows. Um, I do quite a bit of um, spend quite a bit of time on Facebook and, and, and um, LinkedIn, and the gems um, this week came from LinkedIn. Every every week when I get the um, the e card from um, from Voice America, I post uh, an announcement on my LinkedIn groups. I, I belong to about five different spiritual groups, and uh, one of them is called Spiritual Directors. One of them is called Spirituality and Consciousness. I mean, there's various groups. There's um, broad interest on on LinkedIn, which is good. And, and this week I got I got some responses. I think when I ask a question in the title, I think I, I get responses and it gets the conversation going. And what was interesting this week in the, um, in one of the forums is a person from the West Coast responded, and she responded and and she had a personal perspective. You know what it means to love and especially to love someone um, in an intimate relationship. And uh, how do you commit to to one uh, in a in an intimate relationship? And it wasn't my purpose, but I think I'm very happy that she responded that way because it broadens the the discussion, it broadens our perspectives. Um, but I think she didn't um, she didn't conceive the word doomed um, the way I did. Obviously, to me, doomed is a it's almost a very positive word. It's pretty, it's pretty hard to, to imagine that way. But I think in this sense, um, 
the way I I feel about the word doom is like we we're gonna get there, you know, we're gonna get there, and if we get there to the point where everyone loves each other on the planet, uh, it would be a, a place of eternal bliss, uh, eternal uh, rapture. Maybe I don't know exactly what what I would use to qualify that because uh, because it's something that I cannot define, but. Um, that's think that that's really where I think where the humanity is heading uh, a place and a land and a, and a, a situation where everybody can love one another. It seems pretty utopic. It seems like an utopia in a sense. Um, if we consider how much strife, how many wars, how many terrorist attacks, um, how much deceit and corruption and anything else we have in the world. I mean, we are still at a very basic level, but I believe we've made quite a bit of progress for the past two or three or four thousand years, if you go back to where we were at that time long ago. I think we are at a level where where love is starting to sink, and there's many more messengers, uh, especially since the time of Master Jesus, that are um, boosting this, this need to love and this aspiration to love. So, when I said that we doomed to love, it's... Uh, it's more like the destiny of the planet, the destiny of our civilization. And um, yes, we're going to get there. The question is is how and when, I guess. It's uh, it's up to us to to contribute something. And um, it's interesting too, because if I had, had, if I had um, uh, thought about the title of my show maybe five or six days ago, I would have come up with a different question, a question that popped out in, in my mind when I was walking a labyrinth on, on Saturday. And I will um, mention that experience in my next segment, what, what came out of this walk. Uh, it's a quiet and reflective walk. But um, the word, the expression that we doomed to love came to me about eight days ago, even before when I, you know, before doing the last show about the dance of love and forgiveness. So there was like a... There's almost like a thread uh, going from shows to show, which is uh, which is very comforting for me. I mean, there's um, something that is, flows uh, organically in a sense. So I wanted to get back for a minute um, to, to this person's contribution on LinkedIn and the idea that, um, you know, the need to use the word doom somehow does express how we look at how we understand love. So... It's it's interesting. It's interesting also that she mentioned further on that um, she's no longer satisfied her heart and soul and is no longer satisfied by living and being alone. And she said she's feeling ready to open her heart to, to someone else. And again, I certainly value and, and, and acknowledge what she said, and that's what I said in my response. But at the very same time, I received a, a quote, I think yesterday somewhere in Facebook, I was wandering through Facebook, and it's a quote from uh, a spiritual master called Osho, O-S-H-O. I don't know him personally, and I don't read much of him. What I read of him is usually through you know, Facebook and quotes that I receive. But this one, in, in a position, in a sense, to what this person on LinkedIn was saying, uh, it talks about uh, the capacity to be alone is the capacity to love. And what it says, it's a, it's a quote, there's about three or four sentences. So it says, I may, it may look paradoxical to you, but it's not. It is an existential truth. 
only those people who are capable of being alone are capable of love, of sharing, of going into the deeper core of another person without possessing the other, without becoming dependent on the other, without reducing the other to a thing, and without becoming addicted to the other. They allow the other absolute freedom because they know that if the other lives, they will be as happy as they are now. Their happiness cannot be taken by the other because it is not given by the other. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a great quote to the extent that it makes you think. It doesn't mean that uh, every one of us should be living on his or our own, um, but it's, um, it's an interesting, interesting place to think. And um, sorry about that. And so I think it's an interesting place to think because, especially when you're in a relationship, you know how much how much freedom do you give to your partner, to your spouse, uh, to be who she wants to be or who he wants to be. I guess it's a it's a very big question, um, and. It gets to me, it gets to the idea of control. Uh, to what extent do we need to control others? And obviously, uh, if we have a desire to control others for whatever reason, then I think it goes against this notion of love because love is definitely about, about freedom. That's also what came in the, to me in the center of the labyrinth. Uh, that is a, there's great freedom in, in loving someone like ourselves in the first place and and allowing others to do the same uh, i think it's very important to to give people room to grow and room to be uh who they want to be or who they are meant to be it's not i agree to with also to the extent that it's not up to us to define another person's destiny another person's uh beingness in a sense it's not something we are competent of. It's we are competent. We are here in a sense to to live our own destiny. But we cannot. The times are bygones. You know where we are, like four, five, six thousand years ago, when there are so many people controlling uh, other people's lives. And uh, this time is no longer there. It's no longer um, what the world is about. And I came across, very similarly, um, I came across a quote by Wayne Dyer when I was looking on, on Facebook. And he said more or less the same thing. Um, and I think it was quite comforting to, to find uh, spiritual masters, if I were to call them that way, who think along the same lines. And Wayne Dyer says about love, he says, love is the ability and willingness to allow those that you care for to be what they choose for themselves without any insistence that they satisfy you. And again, it's about the freedom of giving people the freedom of being who they want to be, even though they may drive you nuts, or even though they may push your buttons uh, once in a while. But um, again, it's not really up to any of us to decide for anybody else about their destiny in a sense and why they came here. Each one of us has a very unique uh, place in the planet, on the planet. And it's, um, it's something we need to respect. Uh, it makes me think also about younger kids. 
to some extent, I guess, they need some uh, control. They need to be guided. And so uh, I'm not saying that for in any circumstance that these this notions of, of uh, freedom applies. Obviously, there, there are situations where, uh, for the sake of safety, um, we need to allow some, some control. But it also goes back, you know, I would like to connect the dots in here with this notion of, of surrendering and letting go, letting go. You know, what you let, you can let go in terms of your own life to see what outcomes down, come down your way, I guess. It's, um, it's, it's a way, it's a way of, of invading, like I said three or three shows ago, it's a way of invading, inviting grace into our lives. But, um, so I came to, to think that, you know, love is really the opposite of control. It is freedom in many ways, freedom for self and freedom for others. And I think it's very important that we, we ingrain those patterns uh, to, to the extent that we allow freedom for ourselves, the freedom to be in a sense. It's important that we allow that freedom for others as well. And the last quote that I came um, came up uh, during the week, uh, which is a quote that I encountered uh, quite some time ago. It's coming from Rumi, and he said, your task is not to seek love, but to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. And in fact, it's not the last quote. I found another one from the Dalai Lama, but this one comes also very handy because um, it doesn't try to define love. And I think it, to some extent, it's, it's, it's somewhat elusive to try to define love because to me, love is like, like uh, an energy. And, and when I thought about, um, about the questions, you know, are we doomed to love? The other idea, the parallel idea that came to mind is breathing. Are we doomed to breathe? And what happens if we don't breathe? Um, so again, love is a, is a very natural state. And we, are may, we may have long ago forgotten about this natural state of, of ours. But again, there will be a day when uh, this state will feel like the norm and loving one another. In a, in a very spiritual, in a very spiritual way, will be just the way to live, the way to breathe, and um, that's why I'm fairly hopeful. And I think uh, if, as, if as there was one message I would like to send today, it's a message of hope that we have made great progress towards this state of love, of this uh, spreading this energy of love, and I think the the progress will even accelerate in the years to come. I've been hearing about the concept of the golden age. Uh, golden age, I think, is is supposed to, from what I read, uh, the golden age is supposed to start in 2017. So we are only two years ago, two years apart from, uh, two years away from, uh, from a situation of the golden age. What does the golden age entail? Um, honestly, I cannot tell. I'm not able to look into the future. I don't have that skill. But um, it will be obviously a, an age where there is much more, much more kindness in the world, much, more, much less control. If you think about the amount of control and deception and deceit that I mentioned early on, but coming from our governments, uh, coming from our institutions, 
coming from the media, especially the media, I don't know why they hype so many things. I mean, there's a snowstorm, there's five inches of snow, and it's all hype. You hear about it two days before, and it's it's all about uh, brainstorming people's mind. It's about it's about turning us into into um, I don't know into what I mean people that just so gullible. And if we look around, I mean, there's pretty much a lot of um, again deceit and control and manipulation coming. And I think it's important that we we take time for ourselves and and we we recenter ourselves and 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 look into our own. Uh, our own goodness, our own, our own uh, what one of the masters I've been working with called the cave of the heart. And that's where we find our true freedom. That's where we find our, our, um, our own destiny, in a sense. And the, the last quote, this is the very last one that I wanted to report. Uh, it's coming from the Dalai Lama. And this one also, I, I found it on somewhere on LinkedIn or Facebook quite some time ago. And he said, what is love? Love is the absence of judgment. And um, I certainly agree with him. I mean, I've been, if for one thing, this show has been beneficial to me, at least, I don't know about you, but um, so many pieces about judgment came to the surface. Uh, I mentioned last week, um, our neighbor coming to clear our driveway with his snowblower, uh, someone I wasn't really judging very positively. But um, there are so many pieces of judgment that are floating in our minds, and they float, and I say floating, but um, most of the time they are underneath the surface. Uh, and the challenge here is, again, to, to catch those pieces of judgment, those pieces of, of unconscious um, negative thoughts in a sense um, that, are, that are blocking our path, our access to love. And judgment, yes, definitely is something um, that, I would, um, that I would mention. So those barriers to me, uh, when I think about them, um, the desire to control, and that was mentioned by Wayne Dyer uh, and also indirectly by Osho, um, Judgment, judgment, criticism. Obviously, when you uh, criticize someone or something, um, it's usually you're not giving room to go for people. And eventually, also, um, there's something else I wanted to talk about uh, in this concept, in this uh, context, sorry, uh, which is fear. I'm not going to talk about fear today very much, but. Uh, it's it's a biggie and it's a thing big that um, that creates a, a block on our path on our path to to love one another, and it's uh, it's something which is not easy to to go through and get rid of. So I will uh, I will see you in a in a in a few seconds after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise Are you looking to advance spiritually? Listen each week for Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom. Your host, Medium Maureen Allen, will cover an array of spiritual topics aimed to help you advance your soul's desired growth. Each week, areas of spirituality will be discussed and explored ranging from strange, paranormal experiences to heaven, spirit guides, and angels. To learn more about the other dimensions and how to better assist your path of evolution, tune into Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Giles Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Yes, welcome back. This is Jill again. Thank you for listening. Uh, I was talking right before the break about uh, especially this notion of uh, barriers in our hearts. Um, I like this quote from Rumi. Uh, Your task is not to seek love, but to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Um, I think the the word, the important word is that you have built against it. And, And again, sometimes we don't realize what we have built. Uh, some of the things um, that we have in our, that we have in our hearts, like resentment, like anger, or like sadness, it's something that has been uh, inflicted, or possibly imposed on us during our childhoods. And I think our, our spiritual duty there is is to find out about those things, those ailments, in a sense, and to work to work at removing them. I mean, there's no. There's no way without us going into that direction and doing the work that we need to do. It's, it's, all, about, it's all about going within. It's all about uh, getting into the dark cave. If the, if the cave is dark, so be it. Uh, let's welcome the expedition. Let's welcome the adventure and find out what, what's at the bottom of that cave. And, and I think that's where the metaphor of spelunking uh, fits in. Um, as I said in the description of the show, they, they are vistas. I think they are vistas, and those vistas come when what you have in your heart, something which is very heavy on your heart, and something you are working hard at removing, suddenly is no longer there. And I have that, I don't have any specific example in mind, but I remember sometimes, you know, when you think about someone and, and, 
anything you can think about the person is negative and unpleasant, regardless, possibly she did something to you or he wasn't pleasant with you, or I mean, it's, it's always some, something that twists your heart, that pinches your heart, and that makes, you, makes it sink in a sense. And you do some work around this issue, and it could be forgiveness in the first place, forgiveness for the feeling that you had towards the person, and then forgiveness towards what he did to you or how she treated you. And then eventually you, you, know, you think about the person, and then it's all clear. It's all, it's all empty. And what has replaced, what has replaced the pain, what has replaced the, the anger, the resentment, is a feeling of spaciousness. And, and that's what it is. It's, that's what it is. It's love. It's our heart, our spiritual heart is very vast. So there's the vastness or the spaciousness of our heart, which is our true nature. And that's what we find when we go down and do the work that we, again, called to do whenever we want, whenever we feel like it. And um, that's what I think it's very important to, to, work, to work very hard at those barriers uh, that Rumi mentions and to find out where they are. And there are so many, so many ways to, to do this. Uh, working with someone or taking a walk or doing some spiritual workshops. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not here, to do, for here to tell you how to do the work, but I'm here to tell you, um, please consider this kind of work because it's very important for, for yourself, for your environment, and for, for humanity as a, whole, as a whole. So what I wanted to report now is um, my experience in the, in the, not a circle, but it's somewhat of a circle in the labyrinth, um, I walked a labyrinth on Saturday afternoon with my family, uh, about an hour, about an hour from here. It was a session, uh, uh, a labyrinth walk session uh, held by um, a counseling center in a church. There's a lot of space. There was a gymnasium. There was also another room for the kids. So the kids, the young kids, most of them were between 5 and 12, 13, were able to walk their mini labyrinth. And uh, obviously, it wasn't as meaningful as it could be for, for someone who is walking with a purpose. But I think there was, um, there was a path. There's a path in the labyrinth. There's a path in. Uh, there's a center. And there's a path out. And, and the path in is the path out. So you, in a sense, you can't get lost. It's not a maze. It's, um, it's a journey. In the first place, it's a journey. I walked um, quite a few labyrinths in the past. But the last one I walked was about... Um, two and a half years ago uh, for the winter solstice in 2012. And uh, this one was outdoor at three or four in the morning at the time, at the very time when we welcomed um, the winter solstice, December 21st. And uh, this one was very meaningful. Uh, it was supposed the end of the 26,000 year period, opening up to a very new era for the world. And uh, it was... Um, it was a very meaningful experience walking the labyrinth at three or four in the morning with um, a group of 40 people. But the one I'm talking about now is, uh, was an indoor labyrinth, thank, uh, thank goodness. And, um, and um, so it took place uh, in the gymnasium, as I said. And uh, there was about um, 30, 25 to 30 people. Some of them were not knowledgeable about labyrinth, and I could see some of them... Uh, 
hurrying through the labyrinth, trying to walk as fast as possible. When a labyrinth, when you do it very consciously, I think is again, uh, it's, an, it's, a, it's a chance, it's an opportunity to reflect, to reflect on your inner world. And, and I don't know how it works in detail. I mean, there's a person uh, called Lauren Artress. I think she, she does organize walks in the cathedral in San Francisco, and she's an expert in labyrinth walk. And she read many books. She's written, she's written many books and many um, CDs and DVDs if you're interested. Lauren Artress, I think, is her name. And um, there's three phases in the labyrinth. Again, when you walk, you walk in, you follow the path. It meanders. It goes right, left, and around. And eventually, you get to the center and then back out for the same path. So the way in is called the letting go phase. Uh, the, the space or the time in the center is called the uh, illumination phase. And the return phase, <clears throat> excuse me, when you walk back, is called the union, union with, uh, with the world in a sense. And I started walking, uh, I was one of the last ones to enter into the labyrinth, and um, two people behind me were in a hurry, so I let them go, and I was pretty much all by myself. And I took with me the question that I had initially, uh, the question that I discussed in the previous segment about what is love? And, uh, and I, realized, I realized it's a very intellectual question. You know, it's a very rational um, question. It's, uh, possibly it's the Western mind. We need to define, uh, we need to deconstruct what, what things are. And I think love is something so subtle, something so intangible that it's almost impossible. And, and um, I'm glad that my question uh, morphed into something else fairly rapidly when I approached the center. But first, in the, in the letting go phase, um, phase, I was asking myself, you know, what is it that I need to let go of? And I could think about those barriers again, the barriers that I've been working on for years, some of them coming to mind recently, some new barriers, some new barriers that are buried at a deeper level. They were coming to mind, and, and, um, and judgment, obviously, something I've been working on uh, lately. But what came out of the blue um, after a little while was the concept of prejudice. And I was surprised, you know, uh, am I prejudiced? I mean, to some extent I am, obviously, you know, I, I, I hold judgments about people and I, I look down on some of them because how they look or what they say or the amount of education they have. I mean, there's always so many criteria we use to, to bring people down and to look down at them and belittle them. So... Am I prejudiced? Yes. Um, what I'm grateful for is that this is showing up, and hopefully, you know, I will uh, I will know the the area where I'm prejudiced towards people, so that I can I can uh, I can work on that. I can um, apologize to them and to myself for holding this prejudice. And the other thing that came on the way to to the center is this this idea of honoring uh, differences, to value and honor differences. Uh, I have been working in the field of cross-cultural uh, cross differences, cross-cultural relations for 20 years. So it's something I'm fairly familiar, at least when it comes to cultural norms, beliefs, and patterns. And I was surprised that this came uh, right after I learned about prejudice. This came out of my, my being. I go, the, 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 the labyrinth, you know, brings you, brings you in touch with your core, with your inner, inner divine core, 
and things that come up is is a message from from within a message from uh, from your divine entity and i think it's it's important to to acknowledge them and to take the time to listen so i acknowledge this need to value and honor differences differences are just about any kind i think it relates in this case more to differences in terms of uh, opinions uh, not so much cultural norms and I got to the to the center of the labyrinth, and um, it was very sunny outside. And suddenly, I noticed that the rays, uh, the rays of the sun, were shining onto the center where I was um, positioning myself. And suddenly, the question that I had, the question about what is it, what is this thing called love, this uh, unfathomable thing uh, called love, what is it? The question suddenly turned into how am I contributing to love? You know, what is my contribution to, to love? What am I doing in this world, on this planet, to make love a stronger force, uh, a deeper energy, in a sense, that can engulf um, all of the planet? Um, and I think the question, the question made more sense because it's a bit more practical. It's not so much uh, intellectual thinking about different layers of love, spiritual love, romantic love. Um, how am I supposed to love? How am I contributing to love with a capital L? Um, was a much more meaningful question that, that, that stayed with me. And then came the image um, because of the sun. The image that came to me is the image of the bonfire and a large fire, uh, and I could see, I could see everyone contributing something to the fire. Um, could it be a, a small twig, a branch, or, or a log? It didn't really matter. Uh, I think uh, what I was envisioning in the center is, uh, again, the, the whole planet getting together and bringing their all their old peace, their all contribution to, to making one single fire. Uh, a single fire of love. Uh, I mentioned in my previous show this this metaphor of love when I was um, deep into my forgiveness experience about my father and my childhood. I could see love as a river and I could see love coming to a dam and, and creating a bridge in the dam so that eventually the bridge, the, the dam would collapse and the water would be able to go down into the valley, the, the river, and then flood the valley. And the, the fire is a very similar metaphor in a sense, except that uh, water quenches first, and water nourishes. Um, I believe fire also illuminates things, and I think that was the purpose. I was in the center of the labyrinth, and it was all about uh, illumination. So I think the, the image that came to mind was very... Um, very meaningful and very uh, apropos in a sense. So I pondered the question for myself, you know, um, how am I contributing to love? What is it that I can contribute? And it's interesting because on the way, still in the way into the center of the labyrinth, uh, I crossed, we were bringing name, name tags with uh, first and last name. And one of the person was wearing the name, uh, her last name was Healy, H-E-A-L-I, L-Y, sorry, H-E-A-L-Y. And naturally, the, what came to mind in terms of my contribution to the fire of love was my healing 
or the healing that I can do, whatever I heal of myself, you know, whatever bruises, whatever pains, whatever sorrow, whatever um, so-called injury that I heal, I can offer it to the fire of love. What I purge in a sense, what I purge in the process of this healing, I can, um, I can bring it to the world. Uh, to the extent that it's no longer, it's, if it's no longer my burden, if it's no longer something that I need to carry the weight of, it's no longer part of humanity's burden in a sense. So it's something, um, something that I contribute, and something, um, something of value, even though it does not exist anymore. It's it's it vanished into into ashes, if you want to use a metaphor of the fire. And the other thing that came to mind um, in the center is um, freedom. Um, I don't know if I really felt freedom in the center, but um, for whatever reason, the, the words that I quoted, I think, in my second show, the word of Krishna Murti, um, an Indian sage, uh, came back to mind. And he said, if we become totally aware, we have an extraordinary, extraordinary energy. This energy is, this energy of awareness is freedom. And I was thinking about that, and um, I'm not sure this is the same kind of freedom that he was talking about. Again, when something disappears from the bottom of your life, uh, something which felt very muddy, uh, very heavy, very... Um, difficult to deal with, uh, something that makes you, you know, carry more weight. I think once it disappears, um, it creates freedom. It creates freedom in your being, in the center of your being. I think it's a very um, uplifting feeling that um, this thing is no longer there and you can walk. If in, a, in a sense, it's, um, it's a feeling I've had three or four years ago when I was working with my coach. I had a feeling that at some point I was wearing shackles. And if you can imagine spiritual shackles, whatever they were, I didn't get a very clear picture. But possibly in one of my previous life, I was wearing shackles. And, um, and these shackles disappeared. So you can imagine how much more freedom you have if you need to walk uh, without shackles suddenly, as opposed to, um, to wearing them, which is a... A pretty burdensome thing. So this is the this is what happened to me in the center of the labyrinth. Um, right after the break, I will be talking about uh, the rest of the walk, uh, which didn't bring so much to me. I think the the most uh, meaningful part of the process was moving in, moving in and getting to the center. Uh, I think it has to do something with. Um, a bit of my mission on Earth and, and, and being able to rekindle uh, this fire, this uh, bonfire of love that I've been talking about. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders Answering the Higher Calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Giles Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Yes, hello, welcome back. This is Jill again. I was talking in a couple minutes ago about my experience in the in the center of the labyrinth and uh, what I encountered in the center again. Uh, so the, this feeling of freedom and this notion of the fire, the fire of love, and what I was able to contribute uh, to it. Um, the fire also, this this fire of love, made me think about the, the picture I used. Uh, I chose the picture uh, a week ago. Uh, the picture in terms of, of um, the title of the show, Are We Doomed to Love? And I, if you looked at Facebook, uh, the picture that I shows is like, a, it looks like a bamboo or a piece of wood in which you, you find a, a candle and the candle is burning. It's uh, burning in the middle of a, apparently a long piece of wood. And um, you can see some wax on the side. Obviously, uh, the candle is melting. And uh, when I was looking for my set of pictures, that's the one that was most um, attractive to me to, you know, to, to describe this idea of love. Uh, it's very easy to talk about burning love. love. Love is an energy, I said earlier. I think it's something which is burning. Um, it's burning in all of us at various degrees, depending on where we are in terms of our evolution process. But I think it's something which is transporting us as well. Um, it's a, it fuels our desire to, to move forward and to make the world a better place. Uh, one, one little thing at a time, you know, one piece of spelunking at a time. And uh, it was very interesting to me that, you know, this, this image of fire came to, came to me in the labyrinth uh, the day after I chose the picture. So there was some uh, some some inner synchronicity in a sense between um, between my choosing the picture and my 
faithful in a sense, my faithful walk in the labyrinth the next day. So, which makes me think again that, you know, nothing really happens by accident and there's a, a timing of things. When I, when I look again at the pieces I receive through Facebook or LinkedIn or even personal messages uh, in the week prior to my show, two weeks ago was a lot about self-love and, and this past week wasn't so much about self-love. It was much more about love and, and what love means to people. And this, this image also, the fire burning, uh, the bonfire, you know, rising in the sky and trying to reach the sky, uh, made me think about the words, the word of Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, was a, a Jesuit uh, priest, uh, originally from France, I think he moved to the US and he eventually died in New York. He was one of those spiritual sage. Um, and at some point, I think one of his quotes I, I used also to describe, um, uh, to promote the show, he said, someday, after mastering the winds, the waves, the tides, and gravity, we shall harness for God the energies of love. And then, for a second time in the history of the world, humanity will have, will have discovered fire. And, and um, again, it goes back to this, this notion of love and fire. Um, it's... And it goes back also, I think it ties up very nicely with this idea of are we doomed to love? Are we, in a sense, uh, condemned to, to bring the world and the planet to this level of evolution where we're going to be uh, able to love one another without any barriers, without any uh, second thought because of the state of our hearts? And um, I really enjoy this, this quote, I guess, when I... Uh, copied it. Uh, it's coming from the book um, Awakening the Energies of Love that I mentioned earlier on from my uh, colleague Anne Illman. And um, on the way back from the center of the labyrinth, I took some more time. Pretty much everyone was uh, done with their walk. And there was a debriefing session in a, in a, in a corner of the room uh, in which I didn't take part. And uh, usually the phase of union is a phase where we bring back to the world uh, any thoughts or any ideas that we harnessed in the center. And uh, I can't seem to remember anything specific uh, because, you know, contributing to this fire of love is a continuing process. It's not like I come out of, it, out of this labyrinth and um, I'm going to save the world. Uh, I don't think so, I guess. It means uh, essentially that I keep doing the same thing that I've been doing providing that I'm contributing to, to humanity's goodness. And, um, and so nothing really much um, happened except the question that I was trying to, to, to ponder was, uh, how can we possibly express that divine in us? And um, the only answer I had is, if not through love, you know, love and appreciation for oneself and for anyone and anything else around us is, is the, way to, the way to bring this, this new world uh, forth. And I, I talked about the golden age. I think it's the golden age will, be, will, be, will, will feel like a, like a new world, a new world where relationship will be much more fraternal in a sense, uh, much more imbued with love and with um, greater emphasis on, on one another and not so much on, on material possessions and, and uh, how many assets can we accumulate. I don't think this is the, 
the direction in which the world is, is going now. I mean, we, for so many centuries, we've been experiencing, uh, you know, fights, wars, I and mean, for the sake of power and for the sake of, of controlling one another and for the sake of getting things. Uh, it was mostly for the sake of uh, reaching out to new kingdoms uh, in the times past or uh, conquering a new country. I mean, so... This doesn't make any sense in, in our 21st century consciousness. And I think um, things are changing for a reason because we are going towards a destination which is much more, much more hopeful and, and much more peaceful in a sense. And the last uh, very nice quote that I, it was unknown quote that I got as we finished, the, uh, there was an activity after the, the walk uh, with our children. So it was all of us doing something together to, to crystallize uh, what it meant to be a family walking the labyrinth. And on a small leaflet, um, I read a sentence which said, those who do not believe in magic will never find it. And I think in a sense, it was the, the cherry on the cake. And, um, you know, we may not know what magic is, but uh, just finding the right people when we need them is, is about magic. Uh, finding the right tools when you need them. It's, uh, it's also about magic. It's about uh, honoring one another and it's about, it's about, it's about the, divine in, the divine in all of us, I guess, uh, showing up. It's, it is about magic. Whatever We have a tendency to attribute to magic things we cannot explain with our rational mind. But I, I think there's a... The way the energy of love, the, the way the energy of love circulates, you know, uh, tra travels in a sense, is, defines any kind of logic. Uh, this is a heart energy, and um, you can't put that heart energy in a jar and start to measure its its strength. I mean, love is is something that draws people together, even across distances. Uh, it's uh, it's amazing. With one of the participant. Um, she may be on the show today, Susanna. It, it's amazing because um, I could feel her energy, her essence, um, three or four days ago. And then the day after, she registered and she said she would be coming to the show. And, and this is what love is all about. It's something that, again, doesn't make any rational sense. I've had that experience also. Um, it was about three, four years ago. Um, as part of a spiritual group, I was involved in, uh, in a two-year term responsibility. And my responsibility was supposed to end in, in March of 2012. And the person who was in charge of that group um, at a higher level uh, thought it would be a good idea to, for me to continue for at least one more year. And, um, and the idea came to my mind as well. It's interesting. I think there was an exchange of energy at the time. Uh, again, I can't tell what it was, but it, I think it has a lot to do with, with love and with magic. That um, she put her thought into into me. She offered her thought uh, into me, and 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 the idea was there. And I couldn't tell why I would want to do the activity for one more year instead of two, when the regular term is two years. But uh, somehow, it's um, it's how it happened. So many times um, there's things we can't explain, and, and, and again, love may be um, 
doing some tricks around around these um, these situations. To to end this show, I wanted to to go back to this idea of love, love and forgiveness, and um, it's also something that I found six or seven days ago, um, part of a a channeled message, uh, a message channeled by someone called John Smallman. Uh, he regularly channels uh, Brother Jesus. And this one was about, um, again, love and forgiveness and our responsibility to love. I think that was part of the title also. Is it our responsibility to love? And I don't know to what extent we, we are conscious of that responsibility, um, but I think in the in the years, in the decades to come, that responsibility will become more and more conscious and more and more um, amongst us will be willing to to put forward our, our desire to love and to express it. So part of the message here I'm going to quote, it says, you are here on earth to demonstrate love in action. And as you do, you demonstrate that it works. Love works. Yeah, you know, you are a living proof in a sense. That's the way I understand it. Your history and your own observations have shown that nothing else does. It does take courage, which you have in abundance, but it also takes a willingness to learn from your own errors and from those of others. Not by judging, but by observing and then apologizing for your own errors and by forgiving those that others make. If you are willing to love, then you are willing to learn. And as humans, there is much for you to learn, and this you well know. However, admitting to yourselves can be difficult because of your ingrained commitment to judging. Here we go again. Remember, judgment invariably starts at self-judgment, which, because it is so painful, you almost immediately attempt to project onto someone else, and that never works. What you have identified and projected is quickly denied and then buried below your conscious level of awareness. So it's really the trick in here, again, to unearth what is right below the level, our consciousness level. And it's not an easy thing. It's not an easy thing because um, it's, it's somewhat unconscious. And um, unless we come into contact with people like our, our neighbor last week that made us realize that we are judging people, uh, then we keep doing it and we, we are more or less into um, some sort of an automated pattern. And, and, and that denies access again to the path, the path of love, denies the access to this fire of love. And the last part of the quote is that uh, says, the way out of this self-made trap is forgiveness. Again, forgiveness. Acknowledge your error, no matter how grave and unacceptable it may appear to be. Allow yourselves to understand and accept that you do make errors. Error that you would judge unconscionable, unacceptable, even unforgivable in others. That it is part and parcel of being human. I fly in the illusion and then lovingly and willingly forgive yourself. So in a sense, the, the, loop, is, the loop is completed in here. Um, 
we go back to this idea of, of judgment and forgiveness. So judgment, forgiveness, love. There's no love without forgiveness. And we forgive because we make judgments. And um, again, it's, it's, um, it's our human path. It's our, it's our way of being in the world. As long as we are uh, conscious of what, what we do and where we come from, I think we can break that cycle, that cycle of judgment, that cycle of control, that cycle of hurt, and move into a new territory when we can be free for ourselves. And the more we are free for ourselves, uh, the more freedom we allow to people who surround us and people we love. So I wish you uh, a happy moment of freedom and uh, thank you for listening. And I look forward to seeing you next week with a new topic. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Giles Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again. Thank you.